Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Speakernomics Podcast, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. Speakernomics is the show where we flow and go and help you to know how to grow a thriving speaking business. Why? So you can change the world, of course. Now join me for the journey, will you? What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about how you keep from becoming stale as a speaker. What do you do when you feel like you're in a rut and it's just not as exciting anymore? What's your go-to drink? Well, today we're going to talk about drinking a little bit, but we're mostly going to talk about staying fresh and opening up your brain to new ideas. And I know you're going to love my guest because her hair usually has about three colors at least. Jess Pettit, my rainbow-haired friend, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Now, you are a pro speaker, and you know at the beginning of our show, we share a nugget with the speakers, helping them to grow as well. So what is your fantastical pro speaking business tip for this episode? I don't believe we can be good teachers if we haven't been students. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. That is so Fantastic. I love it. Before we get the best without the stress from Jess, let's hop on over to the Speakernomics voice mailbox. Today's voicemails are in response to our previous guest, Victor Antonio's question. What do you do to empathize with and engage your audience? Our responses come from Nay Paris and Burton Kelso. Whenever I speak and I'm wanting to create more audience engagement, one thing I like to do is ask an individual in the audience about a personal experience that they had. I make sure to ask questions that help us illustrate and walk through the experience as I feel like this offers a sort of human element to the topic at hand. Audience engagement is very important when you're a speaker. So that's why when I engage with my audience, I always share a personal story to connect with my audience. Stories are very important, especially as a speaker, to let people know the struggles that they may occur, how you've dealt with them as a speaker, and how you can educate them to get more out of this thing we call life. 
All right. Excellent. Well, listen, you've got to do what you got to do for your business. And I love the responses that have been shared here. Continue to listen, continue to respond, continue to leave voicemails because it really adds spice to our show. Do me a favor. At the end of the show, you'll hear this question from Jess, and I want you to share your thoughts. Head on over to speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. That's speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail, and we'll get it on an upcoming show. All right, let's get into it. Jess Pettit is a keynoter in the diversity and inclusion space. She's the author of Good Enough Now. And you know what? She is just a funky, fresh fiend with the hair. And let's just talk about it. Jess, <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. No, I, I, hair. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, it was, I, you, you got me distracted with the hair right now. How's everything my going? Hair, my hair is also here. And I would like <laughs> to say I'm not the only person who uses hair dye. I just might be the only person who chooses the colors that I choose. Ah. Oh, so let's so let me ask you about the hair, really. Sure. What what is is it simply just a personality thing? Is something is it something you've always been doing? Or is there intention behind your hair color choices? Um, there's intention. Um, I don't think I do very many things without intention because my topic is often very scary or intimidating to other people. Mm -hmm. I like to provide as many opportunities and invitations to be less intimidating. Wow. And so, uh, my clothes, my hair, my personality, etc., in itself is an icebreaker. Um, I also talk about being your authentic self, which is full of failures and foibles yep. and i really like colors i really like patterns and i am being my authentic self with the outcome of people always having something to ask me about yeah. which then allows for the conversation to get started so it's intentional. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think I do that in some ways just from, from dress. I don't know that having different hair colors would work for me like it does for you, but uh, <laughs> kudos to you, Jess. All right. Oh, I've seen some of your suits. Don't Let's not underestimate some of your fashion choices, but it has the uh, same effect of like, ooh, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Now we're engaging in a conversation. Fantastic. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about, let's back up. I asked the question at the beginning of the show about becoming stale as a speaker. And I know that I've heard from some speakers, they've gone through 20, 25, 30 years, and they've done a fantastic job at their careers. And now they're at the stage where they're kind of feeling a little bit worn out, a little bit burned out maybe on their topic, and they're not clear on, on what's next. What is your thought or what's your advice to those people who are maybe feeling that way? Well, kids these days on TikTok have actually taught me something yeah. that I think is a really critical point in this, and that is the life pivot. Mm. So if I think back, so I've been doing this for 20 plus years, and I think back of the keynotes that I started with, I talk on the same topic, I'm in the same vertical, very different audience, mm -hmm. and I have pivoted who I am and how I am and how I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. And part of that is me growing as a speaker. Part of that is me surviving my own burnout and boredom. 
Uh, part of the reason I use so much comedy and current events is at least 20% of every time I speak is brand new stuff based on today, yesterday's current events, which keeps it a little fresh. And when you speak as often as I do, it gets real boring because yeah. you're like, wait, have I already told this story? What's going on? And so I think keeping that fresh connection with what you're saying and be allowing yourself to pivot into kind of your new adventure, your new journeys, your new way of self-expressing is being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're following your audience as much as you're also following your own commitment to staying fresh. Yeah, That's the only thing that I think we can do. Yeah. So how do you manage that, though, without getting overwhelmed? Because we've been talking on this show a lot about AI recently. There's all of these different things on social media. If you allow your notifications on your phone to take over, you can be inundated with all of this information. So how do you manage to stay fresh without being overwhelmed? I think that the trick is in in the wording of the question is without being overwhelmed, just be overwhelmed okay. and then pick. Okay. Right. So, I mean, we're all overwhelmed, but it's very liberating to be like, there is a lot going on. Okay, great. Well, now let's just pick one thing. I think that part of the stress that comes with burnout or feeling overwhelmed is that we think we're supposed to be doing something to eradicate that feeling mm -hmm. instead of just like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. When you mentioned the chat GPT at the beginning of this conversation before you hit record, and I will likely never log in ever. Right. One, I'm a Luddite. Two, I like to write. Three, I'm an academic nerd and I don't really like technology. Okay, so then I don't need to be offended that it exists and it's super helpful to so many other people. It, I don't want to use it. All right. Yeah. I could be overwhelmed by it or I could just recognize I'm overwhelmed by a bunch of other stuff. I'm not doing that. Okay, great. Wow. And then as far as my keynote itself goes, just pick a story one of them that you're kind of tired of you can you don't have to delete it you can just put it in your back pocket till you need it later and then work on something new just one little thing at a time yeah so you just mentioned a, a word that i want to lean into for a moment you mentioned you are a nerd and an academic and as we were talking before the show you mentioned something that you did during the pandemic lockdown happened in march of 2020 and you didn't just sit home and twiddle your thumbs you decided that you were gonna do a little bit of extra learning tell us about that yeah so it's uh, i i want to first acknowledge that school or education is kind of my safety zone. Right. So that is not the case for everyone. I'm not telling you that you have to be good at school. I'm sharing that when I'm in a depressive free fall panic, which I now refer to as basically April 2020, mm -hmm. the first thing I'm going to turn to is something school related because it's my comfort zone. So in this particular case, and this may be some big disclosure for other people, but it's a little embarrassing to me that April is only the next month, but I lasted about two weeks before <laughs> I actually really started worrying about breaking sobriety. I was really, I've been sober for 18 years. I was really, really worried about that not maintaining itself. I also had no idea how long it was going to last and we're still talking about it. So it's longer than most of us thought. So I happen to kind of like look at the resources I have available. And I know we're going to get to this a little bit later, but one of the things that I have always felt was one of my biggest weaknesses in speaking to a corporate audience is that I've never had a business job. 
In college, I didn't even date people in the business school. I've, I was on the other side of campus where the art kids go. And so my local university has an MBA program. It was one year long. And because of COVID, it was all put online. My partner has a partial tuition waiver because he's a professor at the university. I was worried about breaking sobriety. One thing led to another. And by May, I was taking online prerequisite courses to qualify for the MBA program. And I completed the MBA program before I got on an airplane. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually not entirely true. It overlapped by one week, my first flight out and the last week of classes. Right. And now I have an MBA with an emphasis in corporate social responsibility and sustainability, which is a nice kind of Venn diagram with my topic area. Wow. So does that provide you a, a new lens or any advantages as you speak to corporate? You mentioned that you didn't have a corporate job before, so that you know may call, cause people to look at you or position you a little bit differently. What does that MBA that you, you received provide for you? It seems like a silly answer, but if I answer, it's a good question. But I brought my expertise yeah. into the MBA program as much as the MBA is now part of my speaking or consulting work. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I would be in these classes, I didn't realize in my cohort of classmates, I was one of the few business owners. Mm -hmm. I, I had never thought of myself as a business owner, but when I would be in like small groups, they would make all these decisions and I'd be like, whoa, 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 you know, what about payroll? You got to think about taxes. Like all of a sudden I'm this like business minded capitalist and it helped me see me as a business owner. Yeah. But it also really helped me see how thick my 20 plus years of diversity experience is entering my homework assignments and the readings and the discussions that are coming from this new facet that I'm new to, right? So I was bringing in diversity and inclusion related to this corporate social responsibility kind of topic, while also really being kind of rocked back into my place as being perceived as a business owner. Neither of those things did I expect. Yeah. So you've, you're, you're in this space now, you're being positioned a little bit differently. You're actually recognizing some differences in, in yourself. So if we, were to, if we were to talk about other speakers, you mentioned that you were a nerd a little bit and you were an academic. What about those who don't consider themselves nerds or academics? Outside of going to the, the news websites, what are some of the intentional ways that you might recommend for them to become learners, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show? Do you have an online course or coaching program that creates massive impact for your clients? But are you tired of wasting time and money on marketing that doesn't get results? Introducing Be Known. Over the last five years, Be Known has helped entrepreneurs across the world get unstuck and scale their businesses from six to seven figures. So if you're ready to multiply your income, influence, and impact, head over to beknownonline.com and schedule your complimentary strategy call today. 
Did you know that speakers who can deliver their message and get laughs just get more referrals and bookings? I'm Mac Dryden, and I've written material for Bill Maher and The Tonight Show and many others where my job was to get laughs for other people, and I guarantee I can do it for you. I've been making people laugh since a passenger side airbag was your brother-in-law. Go to MacDryden.com, that's Mac with a K, click on Writing and see how I can make your speech a lot funnier, and you don't pay a dime until you're thrilled. What are some of the intentional ways that you might recommend for them to become learners, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show? Yeah, to be a learner doesn't mean you have to get into a classroom. Yeah, It means you have to pursue something you don't know how to do. I think that a lot of us, me included, Mm -hmm. give ourselves zero space to learn how to do something new. And we often don't even start something unless we know we're an expert at it. But give yourself some space to struggle because you're learning something new. Then you can actually use that space with your audience members that they are learning your message new. And you can empathize with that because you've been in a space of learning how to do something new. There's some real power in intentionally putting yourself into a new situation so that you are failing or that you have to really practice and learn and try to figure out how to get better at something. I, in, uh, I think it was January of 2022, my, uh, a local ceramic studio and it opened up and we could all go in and do classes. And I was a ceramics minor in college. So I thought this would be very good and peaceful and mm-hmm. healing and back. And I figured, you know, all my ceramic skills would come back in six weeks. I did not center one piece of clay or pull up one successful bowl in six weeks. It was so bad. Eventually the teacher just put me on like cleaning and organizing supplies. <laughs> and I don't, I don't do a lot of stuff I'm that terrible at. And this was something I used to be really good at. Yeah. And it was so liberating to be awful at something. And I, especially as business owners, I don't think we really spend a lot of time being terrible. We just outsource it. And we got to be students in order to be good teachers. So let, let's lean in there for a moment because we, we're we told, especially we go to, I'll say Influence or Thrive or any of the workshops and, and we are told, don't spend a lot of time in those spaces that you're not good at. You're told to delegate that, to, to outsource that. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's what what's the real value? Or maybe the question is, how much time should I spend failing at something before it becomes a bad use of my time? Seven. The answer is seven. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think... I think efficiency is a really important value, but it is not the only one. So again, now we're back to the Venn diagram of things I learned inside my MBA program. It is not cost effective to waddle in stuff you're bad at if you have to get it done. Go give it to someone else. But you can do something poorly. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am trying to learn how to sew. I'm awful. And I sew irregularly enough that every time I turn on my sewing machine, I feel like I'm starting over. No one's at risk at that. A client's not disappointed by that. Mm -hmm. When I do remember how to sew, I might make you a napkin set. This is a low risk way of practicing, but it's 
such an amazing opportunity for me to like have to remember and think about something when most of my life I have designed to be the expert in the room. Mm -hmm. It's humbling to have to remember, like, I don't even know how to thread my sewing machine again, and I have to get the manual out. So whether it's cooking or playing drums or learning another language or figuring out an instrument or something, that's the actively keeping you learning something new is keeping you a student. Yeah. I should not be in charge of my bookkeeping, even with an MBA, even though I made an A in an accounting class, I outsource that. It's too important. Yeah. But I can fail at making napkins just fine. How do you advise someone who maybe I'll call them a renaissance person or somebody who is fairly active in a lot of different spaces, but they're old enough to have had enough experiences where now they're kind of feeling like, capped out at at or maybe an expert in a certain space and they're just unclear on what else there is for them to learn or do that would be interesting enough how do you how do you help them to seek that new knowledge or how do you advise them in that case i I think there's kind of two answers if that's okay so one's inside the box and one's outside the box so outside the box is something not related to nothing yeah go learn something right like also inside covid i like every other white lady i know tried to make bread Mm, that was a mistake (laughs) i cannot cook i do not follow directions i don't care and when we really get down to it we don't eat a lot of bread so i'm not even motivated to learn how to make the bread i bought all the stuff never successful bad news all right cool but that's a, an outside the box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. An inside the box thing is I would encourage you to stay on top of your topic, mm-hmm. right? It, is there a new direction? Because I talk about current events, diversity, and inclusion, am I watching different news sources? Am I paying attention to different arguments that are coming out? What is the justification for those arguments? Am I intentionally becoming a student outside of my own echo chamber inside of the box of my topic? That keeps the intrigue and the energy going and it's not totally off topic. And sometimes we're doing, I know you, I see you, we're doing a lot of that extra stuff instead of actually doing what we need to be doing on our business. Mm. So sometimes don't do this and just get back to work. Wow. But I think it's a balance. So let, let me ask you, I think this, we talked about a question that I want, I want you to ask at the end of the show here. And may, maybe let's just lean into that question and we'll talk about it a little bit, but I want you to ask that question f- to our audience. Absolutely. When there is Q&A, whether it's virtual or in person or even in the hallways afterwards, chances are there is some pattern Somebody asks you a question or you hope that there's a topic they don't ask about because you don't know enough about it, Mm -hmm. right? There's a pattern of a question and you have to figure out kind of an easy answer to skirt by and get to something else. Maybe you skip the question entirely, but that topic, that take is showing up. Whatever that is, what if you actually take a minute to go find out what that thing is and actually create an informed answer about the thing that keeps showing up that you're avoiding. So my question would be, what keeps showing up that you hope you don't have to talk about? 
that you could take the time to go learn about so that you can talk about it? I love that question. Let, let's add one thing onto that. Is there a method that you personally use to capture those questions? I mean, our, our memories don't always work so well and we may not we may not be able to parse through and make sense of what is the the most frequently mentioned uh, thing that we don't know. So you just pet it. Is there something that you use to capture that information? So since the beginning, I have used a Google voice number and I give that number out to all of my audiences and then they can text message me questions. And what's cool is they can text message questions in real time. They can text message questions anytime they think about me. So then I actually, my phone actually has a record or you can go to Google voice. It actually has a record of what people have asked me and I can do a search by subject to see if I ever answered that question before and then cut and paste the answer if I'm using my laptop. But I also know that I get enough questions that there are certain things that I don't know how to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when before getting in the MBA program, people would ask me questions about the moral argument versus the business argument of why to include diversity. And I hated that question because I just think it's a stupid question. Like, just do it. Uh, why? Because if your answer is because, unless you're talking about a family member, you have homework to do. And part of what I really liked that I learned in my MBA program is I now understand what the business argument is, where it came from, how the moral argument supports and is also different than the business argument, and how they're both total cop-outs because you spend so much time on the argument, you're still not actually doing the work. And I wouldn't know that had I not taken the courses to actually talk about it. Wow. This has been a fantastic conversation, Jess. I really appreciate all of the knowledge that you've shared today and just prompting us to go a little bit deeper. So the audience question today is, what is something that comes up regularly in Q&A with your existing audiences that you don't know the answer to that you need to go find out the answer to? All right. We want to hear from you. Send us your thoughts and your responses by going to speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. That's speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. This has been beautiful. Sometimes life lifes. And what worked before or what you knew before doesn't work anymore. That requires you to educate yourself and upgrade your knowledge. And that can be scary. But guess what? Life won't stop until it does. And so you don't have to stop until you do. Continue learning. Continue growing. And being an amazing resource for somebody else. It's your time, my friend. The world needs you. Somebody's out there waiting for you to help them solve a problem. You know the one that you solve with your message and your voice. This has been another fantastic episode of Speakernomics, the podcast where you learn more about how to speak, get paid, repeat. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.